0: Run to win. Are you guys ready for the word? Yes, we are so excited to bring the word to you guys today. We feel like we have gotten a word from God that's going to motivate you and inspire you to run your race and win it. And so uh, let's go ahead and hold our Bibles up in the air as we say this Bible declaration to prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Word of God. We'll say it all out loud and loudly together. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we will jump into this teaching. Father, we love you. And God, we've come to you today expecting a word from you. God, we've come to the creator of the universe. God, we've come excited. We've come ready with our hearts open, our hearts hungry to hear from you. God, we love you. We love your word. We thank you, God, that it brings light into the darkness inside of us. God, we thank you that it gives us direction and it gives us guidance. And so, God, we submit ourselves to you today. God, I submit myself to you. God, may this word be taught and communicated accurately and efficiently so that we would be motivated to go out and complete what it is that you've called us to complete. And so, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen amen well as pastor Jeff had mentioned we are in week four of our series titled run and today we want to talk to you guys about what it looks like to run the race and win it now typically we can define a win pretty easily am I right like in it's a competition in sports and in different areas of our life right you make the most hoops in basketball you win you cross the finish line first you win but how do we know if we're winning in our Christian life how do we define the win as we walk with God? How do I know, okay, I'm living my life for Christ, but how do I know if I'm winning at it? And so we're going to look at that today. And remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through 27. He says, we all have a race to run, right? And some people run that race to win a perishable crown. And others run that race to win an imperishable crown. In other words, he's saying some people live their life to win something that's going to fade away. Some people live their life to win something that's not gonna make a significant difference in their family, in their city, in their future, right? Some people just live their life to win something of no significance. But he's saying that's not us, right? We live our life to win an imperishable crown, something that's gonna last forever, right? Something that's gonna go on from generation to generation. We live our life in such a way that we are gonna leave a legacy. We run to win. But how do we know if we're winning? How do we know if we're winning? And I want to show you what Paul says about winning and how he defines winning. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 9.19. And he says this. He says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I want to break this verse down for us for a second. He says, I want you to notice that he first addresses his identity. He says, though I am free and belong to no one. He's saying because of what Christ has done for me, I am now free. Because of what, because of what Christ has done for me, I am now a free man, which means I am free from sin and from bondage and from the approval of people. I don't need to fit. I don't need to worry about fitting in or standing out because you have to understand I am free. Because of what Christ did on the cross, that means that I now have access to the kingdom of God. I now have access to the wisdom of God, to the power of God, to the anointing of God, to the strategies of God. See, when I gave my life to Christ, I don't have, I'm free, right? I don't have to worry. So when, when depression tries to creep in, When disappointment tries to creep in, when discouragement tries to creep in, when anxiety tries to creep in, I know I'm going to be okay because I was given authority. See, because I'm free. When I gave my life to Christ, that meant that I have the authority over anything that could come against me. I have authority over darkness. I have authority over anything that is of sin. I have authority over my kids. I have authority over my marriage. See, I've been giving authority. You have to understand that we're now free. Paul says, I am free and belong to no one. He's saying, this is who I am. But then he says this, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Now hold up. A slave? Paul, you just said that you were free. But what he's saying here is, I ha- I'm fr- I- because I am free, Because I am free, because I am a child of God, because I know who I am, because I know that I can be light in the midst of darkness, because I know the power that I carry, because I know that the Holy Spirit lives down deep inside me, I have made the choice that I'm going to live a life to serve people. I have made the choice that I'm going to live a life to win people, that I'm going to live a life to love people. See, I've been given victory. I'm free. I've been given victory over the marriage that seems rocky. I've been given victory over the bank account that looks empty. I've been given victory over the job that seems unstable. I have the victory because, see, understand that I'm free. This is who I am. And so Paul says, now that I'm free, I choose to make my life something that's a purpose. I choose to go after something bigger than me, something better than me. Understand I'm free, but then he says this. He says... To win as many as possible so he's saying i'm free and i belong to no one so i make myself a slave to everyone why he defines his win to win as many people as possible how do you know if you're winning in your walk with christ are you winning people are you winning souls see paul was committed to live a life. He was committed to, to live a life where he knew that he needed to show people that heaven was for real. He knew that he needed to show people that when he walked in the room, heaven walked into the room. He knew that he, he wanted to live a life that would show people that miracles can happen when I walk in the room, that um, breakthrough can happen, right, because I'm free. You have to understand that when you're free, you're carrying something that no one else has. And so when you go out and you live your life, you go into your workplace, you go into your home, you go into your community, you raise your kids, you understand that you are free. Yeah. You've been given anointing, you've been given power, you've been given an understanding that when you live a life that's not self-focused, but that's focused on others, you're going to be a little bit more fulfilled. Yes. But understand because you're free. So how do you know if you're, you're winning in life? How do you know if you're winning in your Christian walk? Are you winning people? Proverbs eleven thirty tells us that he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. Now, I don't know about you, but I truly try to strive to be wise in every area, right? I want to be wise in my marriage and I want to be wise in my parenting and I want to be wise in my ministry. But I think that there's something that we need to understand. I think that there's a treasure here that we need to dig up because I think we need to understand that our Christian life is gonna require a little bit more focus. We need to understand that our Christian life is gonna require a little bit more determination. I'm gonna actually have to go after something that's gonna require a little bit more faith. I'm gonna actually have to get uncomfortable as I live my life and as I go into my workplace and I'm a light in the midst of darkness. See, I have to understand What I carry. I have to understand the power that is living deep down inside of me and I have to dig it up. I got to win souls. See, Paul says, you got to win people. This is what you're made for, this is what you're called to. If you're going to live this Christian life, guess what? You can be a loser, but you got to win people you got to preach the gospel. you got to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. you got to tell people, no, you don't understand. You don't have to live this way. Your reality is not your final destination. Understand that you are now free. So when you go out and you win people, you know that you have something to give them. You're carrying the power of God. You're carrying the message of the gospel. So how do we know if we're winning souls? I mean, how do we know if we're winning in this race? If we're winning souls for Winning Souls.
1: I told, I told us uh, two weeks ago last time we preached that I was going to go first. Um, and I still have that same thought right now, we'll bring her back in just a little bit. You guys have to sit through me for just a little bit. Um, she didn't look at her notes one time, so let me scroll down to my notes because I have to look at them. That's all, right. that's all right, that's all right, she'll be back. How do we know if we're winning? It's because we're Winning Souls. And see, a lot of us in here are, everyone in here is called to win souls. Did you know that? Every single person is called to win souls. And every single person in here is also called to be a leader. Every person in here is called to be a leader. Everyone in here is a leader. Whether you're leading in your home or leading in your workplace or leading uh, just maybe out in your community, you are a leader. And simply to define what leadership is, is just having influence. Leadership is influence. And see, if you want to influence people, if you want to win souls, right, we have to be able to relate to people. We have to be able to, to, to relate to people so they can see themselves in us, so that we can preach the gospel, so that we're not just talking over their head, but we have to relate to people. And see, we have to get close enough to them so they feel like they're comfortable with us, but yet we still need to be further enough ahead of them that we we can motivate them and we can push them. See, that's what leadership is. It's simply having influence over people. See, because people are going to see themselves in us. And see, when people see themselves enough in us, we want them to see Jesus in us. And so when people say, man, I can relate to him. I know what he's going through. I've been through that before and they feel comfortable with us, and we share the gospel with us, it's going to have impact. It's going to have influence over them. See, this is one of the reasons why I love serving the youth ministry, is because I try to be so relatable to them, yeah. right? I love serving them because they, they, they keep it real. Yeah. They let you know the reality of things that are going on. They let you know the real things that are happening in day-to-day life. Yeah. They, they, they keep me fresh, right? Yeah. It's funny. We were on a walk last night, and um, we were talking about like lingo, like the, all this new lingo that the kids use. And I was like, come on, give me some lingo. And they were like saying some stuff. I don't even, they're like, a skeet, ski, ski, like all this stuff. And I was like, what are they saying? Like, there's no cap to that. That's Gucci right there. And I was just like, what is all this stuff that they're saying? Like, they, they keep me fresh, right? And so, but, but I want to I wanna be relatable to them. And see, so often it's, it's easy for us to live life in this little bubble where we, where we have the same conversations with the same people and we just go living this life that, just living this day-to-day life and, and we forget that we need to be, we need to relate to people. If we're going to reach people, if we're going to have influence with people, we need to be able to relate to them. We need to be close enough to them so we can have influence uh, over them. Yeah. Look at what 1 Corinthians 9.20 says. This is Paul speaking. He says this, to the Jews... I became like a Jew. Why? To win the Jews to those um, to those under the law. I became like one under the law. So to win those under the law. What is he saying? I became like a Jew so I can win the Jews. I became like those who are lost so I can win those who are lost. I become like the youth so I can win the youth. I become like my community so I can win my community. Not that I'm doing the things that they're doing, but I want them to see themselves in me so I can show them who Jesus is. See, we need to have influence. We need to be relatable. This is how we're gonna win souls. Verse 21 says this, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am free, though I'm not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those who are not having the law, to the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. He's saying, I've, I've become all things to all people so I might win some. He's saying, look, if you want to win your, your friends, if you want to win your family, if you want to win your coworkers, you got to stand out. you got to understand that you have value, that you have purpose. You have to understand that you are a representative of, of heaven. You are a representative of Jesus. And see, they're going to know who Jesus is by how you act, by how you treat them, by how you love on them. That's how they're going to know. That's how you're going to win their soul. Not just preaching over their head and saying that God is good and they're like, I never even heard of God, right? But they, we're going to show them who God is by how, how we live our lives. And see, a lot of us, we get it, right? We, we love God. We serve God. I think I heard uh, maybe Pastor Jeff or someone else was saying that almost 80 or 90 percent of our church serves in ministry, which is unbelievable, unbelievable. So we get it. We love God. We serve God. But see, oftentimes we forget to tell other people about God. Right. That's right. We forget to tell of his goodness. We forget to tell of his glory. It reminds me um, my five year old Bronx. He just started school a couple weeks ago in kindergarten and all good so far. First three weeks, no fights, no complaints. <laughs> He's loving it, right? School's good. And um, he came home a couple weeks ago, and he says, I have show and tell. And who remembers show and tell, right? And so he's like, I have to bring something that starts with the letter H," I'm like, okay. And so we're searching the house. It's like Friday morning. And uh, what, what starts with an H? We're going through all his toys. Well, we find this big, giant Hulk hand. Like, like the Incredible Hulk. And so we have this big, giant hand, and it makes sounds, and it's all veiny and muscular. And I'm like, dude, this is it. This is awesome. Like, we have to take this. It's Hulk, like H, you know? And so he's like, yeah, he gets it. And so we're driving him to school, and I'm like his biggest Hype Man. I'm like, dude, you have the best toy. Like, you have the coolest thing. When you go up in front of your class, I want you to walk with confidence. I want you to put your head up. I want you to say, my name is Bronx Paul Courtney, and I brought a Hulk hand. And I want you to Hulk smash all those people. I, I was telling him, I'm like... I'm, I'm, I'm pumping him up, right? Because he has something of value. He has something that's cool. And see, oftentimes that's how he... No, no, no. So check this out. It would be weird if he just was like, walked up and just went... We would all be looking at them like, well, it's a cool toy, but tell us about it. Tell us the value. Tell us why you like it. See, this is oftentimes how we live our life. We have, we have all this cool thing. We walk a power. We walk in dominion. We walk in authority. We walk in peace. We walk in love. We walk in joy. And people see it, but we have to tell them. We have to tell them why we're happy. We have to tell them why we have joy. We have to tell them why we get along. We got to tell them why we're doing good in our finances. We have to tell them. See, people, the world is not just going to come to the conclusion that, oh, man, those people are just nice people. I bet Jesus died on the cross for them. That has to be the reason why they're living that way. No, they're not going to come to that conclusion on their own. We have to tell people. We have to run after them. We can't just show them. That's part of it, but we have to tell them. We have to let them know why we are the way we are. See, there's empty seats in here today because not a, is, we didn't tell enough people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to tell more people. People need to know that God is good, yes. that he is faithful, yeah. that he gives us power and dominion yeah. and authority. Yeah. We have to show them and what? Tell them. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to preach. You're <laughs> For, <laughs> brother, I like that. Brother, we need some more brothers in here. We need to tell the brothers. We need to tell the Latinos, right? We need to tell everybody. First Peter 2 says this, verse 21, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. What is this saying? This saying is Jesus has set an example for us. He set an example of how we're supposed to live our life. And whether you know it or not or believe it or not, you are setting the example for other people. People are watching the way you live. People are watching the way you walk and you have influence over them, good or bad. Did you know that you are influencing people? And see, we need as Christians, we need to, we need to be people who are influencing people to go after the things of God. We need to be influencing people to go after their calling, to go after their purpose. That's the impact that we should leave on people. Because, you see, influence, it lasts forever. Impact something, or influence is something that we can leave with generations. See, we can just look at the Bible, and we're still being impacted by the people who ran their race. We're still being impacted by the people who went after their calling. We went, we're still being impacted today by Abraham. Abraham still speaks to me of faith, right? We're still being influenced by him. We're still being influenced by Moses today to live a righteous life, to live an obedient life. We're still being impacted and influenced by David today, how to be a worshiper, how to be a warrior. See, we're still being impacted by people who are no longer here. They have influence over our lives. We're still being impacted by Joshua, right? To to live life with courage, We're still being impacted by Paul to live life with determination, to go after people, to run this race. See, you have the same impact on people that these people had over us. That's the like she said, we should be running after legacy. We should be running after impact. We should be going after people to let them know that they can win, that they don't have to live the life that they're living. But there's there's good news. There's good news. See, this is the impact that we should be trying to make on our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. We should be trying to have influence over them. And so we don't just stand up here just to just to preach and just to give you guys a good sermon and just to be funny. Right. We don't just stand up here for that reason. But we want to have impact over you. We want to have influence in your lives. I want to influence the kids. I want to influence the young men and tell them you are a man of God. You will lead your family. I want to tell the young women, you are a woman of God. You are worthy. You are called. You are loved. You are beautiful. See, I want to have influence over them. I want the power of God to be so real to them. That way, when I leave, they're still walking in faith. They're still walking in victory. I want them to know that they are still worth it. See, we got to have influence over people if we're going to win people. We got to be relatable to people. We got to love people. We got to be real with people. Amen. We got to tell them. That's the good news. We can tell them. We can go after people, and we can win people. Let me ask you this. How far are you willing to go? What are you willing to do, and how far are you willing to go?
0: I remember when I was um, a kid, I had this dream to be this Disney Channel star, and I loved to sing and dance, and I had somehow convinced my parents that I needed to be a part of this certain studio that was located in L.A., Now, the problem was is we lived in Asperia, and this studio would require, I believe it was two times a week practice with a show once in a while on the weekends. Now, my parents had committed for a year to drive me all the way to L.A. three times a week, and as I I think back, I think about how crazy it seems that my parents were willing to do whatever it took in that season to give me what they thought was best for me. Right, How far they were willing to go to give me what they thought I wanted, to give me what they thought would advance me, to give me what they thought would be good for me. And see, when we invite people, when we go after people, when we go after winning souls, you have to understand that you're not bringing them to a place where they're just going to get a season of satisfaction. Right but you are bringing them to a place where their eternity is going to be changed forever. You are bringing them to a place where the trajectory that their family was headed in, if that was going the wrong way, is now going the right way. You have to understand that you are bringing them to a place that's going to bring breakthrough in their home, that's going to bring restoration in their marriage. You are bringing them to a place that can change everything. You are bringing them to a place that will give, that will give them purpose, that for once they're going to wake up and know, okay, I got something to do today. I don't got to binge watch Netflix. I don't got to put my feet up and eat a bag of chips, right? I got purpose. I got something to go after today. I got a drive in me. I got a fight in me. I need to go after some people. But it makes me think, how far are we willing to go? What are we willing to do to win souls? How far are we willing to take it? And so we're gonna look at the life of Paul in Acts chapter 14, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but you can reference back. And I'm gonna give you some context. Basically, we see Paul, he's preaching the message of the gospel. Right, He's preaching that Jesus died on the cross. He's preaching redemption of sins. And in the middle of his preaching, he sees a paralyzed man that was full of faith that was required to receive his miracle, to receive his healing. And so in the middle of Paul's sermon, he stops and he says, hey, you rise up and walk. And so amongst multitudes of people, they're all witnessing this miracle break out. And what happened was as we fast forward a little bit and people begin to bring burnt offerings and sacrifices to um, burn them in front of somebody in front of the for a God that Paul was not talking about. It was the wrong God and Paul tears his clothes and he's like no you don't understand I'm a man just like you. No, you don't understand. I just preached Jesus Christ. I just preached the redemption of sins. You're still worshiping the wrong thing. Why worship the creation when you can worship the creator? Right. Absolutely. And then we pick it up in verse 19. It says, Then Jews from Antioch and Ichnomion came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul, and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went in, and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. How often are we willing to go back to the lost? How often are we willing to go back to the broken? How often are we willing to go back to the people that may have hurt us in the past? How far are we willing to go to spread the message of the gospel? How far are we willing to go to bring the invite to the person to come to church? What are you willing to do? See, Paul, Paul had a focus, Paul had a mission. He was determined, He's saying, okay, my win, I understand that my win is to win souls. And so after Paul is stoned basically to death, what does he do? He gets up. He preaches the gospel. He goes back into the city. He did not let it stop him. See, it was Paul's love for people that compelled him to take actions that we would oftentimes label unwise. It meant him. Paul winning people meant persecution. It meant hostile environments. It meant near-death experiences. And it just makes me wonder how far are we willing to go to win people? How far are we willing to go to win our city back to God? How far are we willing to go? And we can even look at the life of Jesus, the ultimate example of how far he was willing to go to win you and me back. He left his position in heaven. He came down, took on the form of man for you and for me. He went to the cross. He was brutally murdered and tortured on our behalf so that we could be set free, so that we can have eternity in heaven and life here on earth. See, Jesus did whatever he had to do to win us back. And so we can look at Paul or we can look at Jesus and we can say, okay, they were willing to do some crazy things. Okay, they were willing to go to an extent that I don't think I'm willing to go. They were willing to be uncomfortable. They were willing to be in pain. They were willing to sacrifice their time. They were willing to sacrifice their energy. They gave everything that they had into going and winning people. How far are we willing to go? And see, it was Paul's love for Jesus and it was Paul's love for people that caused him to do what he had to do, right? It was his reason, it was his love for them, and it's a simple concept, but I think that if we don't love people, we're gonna have a hard time going after them. I think that if we don't care about people, if we don't care at the fact that they're headed to a place that was never intended for them to be, if we understand that, hey, people are headed to hell, if we don't care about that reality, then we're gonna have a hard time filling this place, we're gonna have a hard time filling heaven with souls. And so I think that oftentimes what we do is we go 50, 60, 70% of the way, and then we leave it for somebody else to finish. And the problem with that is, is it's a loser mentality. You got to be willing to go 100% of the way. You got to be willing to do what you need to do. You got to be willing to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to be willing to have some hard conversations with some family members that have denied Jesus. You have to be willing To tell your friends, hey, you don't understand. I'm living my life for Christ now. Things are a little bit different. I can't do the things I used to do. I can't go to the club. I can't go to the bar. There's no clubs here, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Right? I can't. Things are a little bit different now. And so it makes me wonder, though, how far are we willing to go? How far are we willing to go? How uncomfortable are you willing to feel? How brave are you going to dare to be? And see, as I was studying for this sermon, I was reading um, just my daily Bible reading. I was reading a book in the Bible, and something stuck out to me, and it was Peter stepping out of the boat. Peter stepped out of the boat to walk on water, and when Peter stepped out of the boat to walk on water, he had put himself in a position that was going to require him to depend on God. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he put himself into a position that was going to require a little bit more faith, as an going to require a little bit more oomph in his step, right? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he understood, okay, my life's going to be a little bit different now. When you accept Christ, your life's going to be a little bit different now. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose. You've got a mission. You're going after something. You're not going after things. You're going after people. And so I feel like God was telling me that he wants to tell us today that it's time we step out of the boat, it's time we start depending on God. It's time we start getting uncomfortable. It's time we start winning people for God. It's time we start living our life with a little bit more purpose, a little bit more determination. We can't keep the good news to ourselves. We can't keep the good news to ourselves, but the question is, is how far are you willing to go?
1: So good. Um, As she was saying that, I was reminded of this church that started, this was back in, back in the day and um, speaking of how far are you willing to go basically what this church is this church was just getting started they were just getting ready to launch and uh, they said man we got to attract some people we got to get people here and so um, they had took out as when newspapers were really big they had took out front page ad in the newspaper and they said UFOs are coming to this city on this day and this time. And every day for a week, it would be a new picture. Make sure you're here. The UFOs are coming. The UFOs are coming. This is way back in the day. And so everyone in the town, they created this buzz. Oh my God, the UFOs are coming. They're going to be here at this place at this time. And so what this church did is they rented an airplane, pilot, I'm assuming, and they, they made a million of these little flying saucers. And they flew up there, it was like 10 o'clock at night, and they dropped thousands of these flying saucers over this place where they said UFOs are gonna be. And all these little tiny UFOs came raining down on the whole city, and it said, come to our church Sunday at 10 o'clock, Hi. right? How far are you willing to go? Are we gonna step out of the box? Are we gonna be creative? What are we willing to do to invite people to church? That's just a funny quick story that I was just reminded of. But it's so relevant, it's so good, how far? Are we willing to go to win souls? What are we willing to do? Are we willing to be uncomfortable? Are we willing to post on Facebook? Right. My the audacity to share something. <laughs> How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to share the YouTube page? Yeah. Are you willing to share the message? Are you willing to tell your neighbor? Yes. Do you love them enough to, to reshare something? Yeah. Oh my goodness. How far are you willing to go? And see, I want to just encourage you guys. Uh, this morning, that people are watching us. Yeah. People are watching you live this life, going after the things of God. And see, people are, people's faith are, is going to be built, is going to be encouraged when they see God moving in on, on the inside of us. People's faith is going to be built when they see God using us to change people's lives. Did you know that? Yeah. People's faith is going to rise when they see us being used by God. They're going to say something's different about them. This God that they're talking about, maybe he is real. Maybe he does have a plan. Look how good they're doing. Their faith is going to be start to build. Their faith is going to start to rise. And I always find it interesting that God chooses to do his work here on earth through people. He doesn't work any other way, but he only uses people to get his mission accomplished, to get his plans fulfilled. He uses people. He uses you and me. See, we have to understand that we are co-laborers in the kingdom of God. We have a plan and a purpose. God has chosen you. God has put something on the inside of you to go after things. God has chosen our pastor to lead this church. God has chosen Victor to run that camera right now. God has chosen Gina to work in that office. God has chosen Danny to be on the work. God has chosen you to work in his kingdom. But see, you have to be convinced that you carry something. You have to be convinced that you carry power, that you carry authority. You have to understand that God put greatness on the inside of you. You have to understand that God put purpose on the inside of you. You have to understand that God called you to this race. And not just to run, but to win. God called you to win this race. You are called to win. Not just line up and get by, but you are called to win this race. You are chosen to win this race. And see, it's a privilege to serve in in the kingdom of God. It's a privilege to serve people. It's a privilege to go after our community. It's a privilege. And see, a lot of us just need to change our perspective and realize that this thing that we do, this is a privilege that God would use us. That God would use you, that God would use me to speak his word, that God would use you to talk to your neighbor. Man, what a privilege. We gotta change our perspective around here. We gotta walk in authority, we gotta walk in power. God's given us that. God's called us to win this race. But you have to be convinced. Because if you're not convinced that this place could change people's lives, you're not gonna invite anyone. If you're not convinced that that this place could heal the sick, that this place could restore marriages that this place could change generations, that this place could speak life into kids, that this place can speak life into your marriage. If you don't believe that, if you're not convinced, we're not going to go after people. If we're not convinced, God can do what he really said he can do. You won't do it. You have to be convinced. You have to believe what we preach. it's, it's, It's enough to just come in here and listen to it. We have to go out. And we have to tell people about it. Right. We have to be so convinced that this is the place that the Rock Asperia is the place that can change lives. We have to be so convinced there's no other church on this street that those people need to be at than right here in, a, in Asperia. We need to be convinced of that, because if not, we'll just let them keep driving on past. But we got to be con- so sold on it that this is the place to be. See, there's so many people in the Bible that we can look to that were convinced that God called them, we were, that they were convinced that God chose them. Look at the four friends. They were convinced that if they brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus, if they kicked a hole through the roof and dropped him down, they were convinced that he can be healed. They were convinced that God can touch them. Joshua was convinced that he can lead the people into the promised land. Moses was convinced that he heard from God and to, to let the Israelites be free. See, Noah was convinced that God told him to build that ark. He was convinced that God spoke to him. We have to be convinced that God is speaking to us today to run after souls. We have to be convinced because if we're not, we're not going to do it. See, David was convinced that all he needed was a couple stones and a slingshot and I can take out that giant. We got to be convinced that all we need is the rock. All we need is Jesus. All we need is discipleship. All we need is rock groups. All we need is all we have. And that's enough. God has given us enough right here. We got to be convinced of it, that this is the Place where lives can change. This is the place where we can win souls to God. We're a living testimony of it. We're living so are you. It's true. God has changed so many people in here. God has put purpose and passion and vision. And He's restored people and He's healed people. And miracles have taken place. And He's setting He's setting families that were going this way, He's set them on the right path. God is working in this place. God is doing something special here. And God has given us a word yeah. to run after people. Yeah. And so there's only so much preaching that we can do. Yeah. There's only so much, right? We got to be convinced. Amen. The word has been spoken. God's, we've heard from God this morning. Yes. Are you convinced that this is the call God has your, on your life? Yeah. Are you convinced that you can win people? Are you convinced that you do walk in power, that you do walk in dominion, that you do walk in authority? Are you convinced? Someone is, a couple people are. We have to be convinced. Come on, get excited this morning, church. God has called us. God has purposed us. God has given us a plan and a vision to run after people. I'm convinced that I've heard from God. I'm convinced of the call of my life. No longer will I walk by the person on the street. No longer will I walk past the person when God says, go pray for them. I'm not going to be that person anymore. I'm going to go after people. I'm going to go after the things of God. I'm on a mission. I don't just run to run. I don't just be a Christian to save myself. I save a Christian to save you, yeah. to save you. See, we're not just called to be a Christian to get in heaven. We're called to be a Christian to bring other people to heaven. Yeah. Come on, we don't just fight to fight. We fight to knock people out. We, we run to win. Yeah. This is what we're called to do. That's what Paul said. Right. Paul said, don't just swing in the air. Yeah. Knock them out. Yeah. Right? Run to win this race. Yeah. Run to win souls. See, we've talked about it for the last four weeks. This is the call that God has on our lives. We've talked about what it looks like to win. Defining the win, it's clear, right? It's clear what does winning look like? It's winning souls. That's what our win is, so there's no more confusion. There's no more confusion. We're running to win souls. This is what we're called to do. Run to win souls. We've got to be relatable to people we got to love on people. we got to meet them right where they're at. Yeah. we got to do the things they do, not so we can be like them, but so they can be like us, so we can show them who Jesus is, so we can show them that he is good, that he is faithful, that he is loving. Remember I talked about how far are we willing to go. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to make that one more invite? And this is not a promotion or a, or a thing to, to build a church, to get people in seats. So understand our hearts. This is not what it is. We're trying to win souls to the kingdom of God. We're trying to change eternity. We're trying to leave a legacy here. God has spoken to us today, church. He's saying it's time to start running. It's time to go after the things that I've given you. I've given you vision. I've given you purpose. Now go win souls. Go do it. This is the time. All you have is all you need. Let that be a word of someone today. All you have right now is all you need. We don't need a bigger building. Right. No. We don't need different paint. Right. We don't need that stuff. This is all we need. Yeah. Will that help? Yeah, right? <laughs> all those things help. All those things add to it, but all we have is all we need. Yes. Yeah. We have everything we need. We've been fully equipped. Yes. Yeah. God has given us everything that we need. right, will you close us out? Thank you.
0: Why don't you guys go ahead and stand with me? Like Bran said, we've been given this word to run. We've been given this word to win souls. And so I'm going to pray over us. And if today you're saying, oh, great, God, I hear you. All right, God, I'm understanding the word. All right, God, I'm understanding the call. I I hear you telling me that it's time I pick up the pace. I hear you telling me that it's time I get a little bit more excited when I get out of bed in the morning because I have faith that I'm going to win some souls. Let's pray. God, I love you. God, we love you. We love you. We thank you so much for this word. God, we are determined. We are passionate. We are ready. And we are saying yes to the call. We're ready to run. We're ready to run. We're going to run. We're running to win souls. We're running to win people. We're running to win our city. We're running to win our family. God, we are so excited. And we're saying yes, God. Yes. Yes, God. And so, God, we commit to you today as a church. We commit to you today as an in individually. God, I'm so excited. God, I'm so excited. God, I'm so pumped up. God, I'm so ready to run after people. You've called me to run this race. You've called me to win it. I'm destined for greatness, I'm destined for goodness, I'm destined to make a difference, I'm destined to leave a legacy, I'm destined to change the generations that come after me. This is what I'm called for, this is what I'm made to do. And so God, we're saying yes, we're saying yes, we're about to run after people. We love you, we love you. So as you leave this building today, I wanna encourage you that you go out there with your head held high. You go out there a little bit more confident. Understand that you're now set free. Understand now that you are a child of God. You've been given everything that you need to accomplish this task. You've been given everything you need to live a life of purpose, to live a life of passion. God, we're ready to run. God, we're ready to run, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, we love you guys. We love you, we are excited. I am so excited for the testimonies that are about to pour in this place about the souls that we're saving, about living a life of purpose. I'm so excited. Come on, if you're excited, let's put our hands together. God, we thank you. We're ready to run. Let's run to win souls. Let's run to win people.